Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, check out our website at freechapel.org. Bibles with me for just a few moments tonight, and uh, I I want to go uh, I want to go for just a few moments to the book of uh, the Song of Solomon, chapter eight. The Song of Solomon, chapter eight, and uh, I want to read you a quick verse, and then I'm going to share something that uh, the Lord gave me several years ago, and. I don't know why I was reading through this outline yesterday and it just came alive. That's how I know when God speaks to me. And it just came alive in my soul and in my spirit and it started preaching to me off the paper. I like to handwrite the messages because I don't know, I just, it just feels right for me. And uh, I've never had a notepad to crash. But in the Song of Solomon, chapter 8, it says this in verse 5. Who is this coming up from the wilderness, leaning upon her beloved? Who is this? Somebody's coming out of the wilderness, and they're leaning on their beloved. The world that we're living in is becoming a wilderness. I'm a pessimist. I'm not a pessimist. I am an optimist, but... The truth is, these are perilous times. All you got to do is turn the news on. And this is, this, we've never been here before. And as I said, I'm not a pessimist. When it gets dark enough, that's when you can see the stars. And we're the sons and daughters of God. And this is when we're going to shine. The end times are not happening to the people of God. The people of God are happening to the end times. We're not afraid of, of anything that the book of Revelation says is going to happen. Because we're overcomers by the blood of the Lamb. But we're in a wilderness economically. Many people emotionally and spiritually. And the only way that we're going to make it out of the wilderness, according to that text, is to lean on our beloved. To lean on our beloved. And our beloved is Jesus. There was a pastor who asked his members to give closing prayer over and over and over. He would ask this man, and every time he asked this man to close the service in a prayer back in the days when they used to call on somebody in the congregation, Brother John or somebody, stand up and pray the benediction. This guy would get up and he'd pray a nice prayer, but he would always end with these words. And Lord, prop us up on our leaning side. Prop us up on our leaning side. After hearing him pray that service after service after service, and everybody, even the children would start, they knew what was coming. And they, when he would start, they would say it out loud and prop us up on our leaning side. The pastor asked, Asked the man one time, what are you talking about? When you say prop us up on our leaning side, what in the world are you talking about? He said, well, I live out in the country. And he said, I've got an old barn in my backyard. And it's been there a long time, and it's withstood all kinds of storms and horrible weather. But it still stands. And I noticed one day that that barn was leaning to one side. I noticed that it had been through so many storms 
that it had faced so many winds of adversity, so many bugs had gnawed on it, and I don't know what else had got a hold of it, but it was leaning. And if you've ever been to the country, which I doubt any of you have, but if you've ever been to the country, you know what I'm talking about. You can see barns that just lean to one side. And he said, but the thing that I noticed is it was still up. The wind and the rain and the sun had taken its toll on it, but it was still up. And I thought to myself, I'm going to get some pine beams and I'm going to prop it up on its leaning side. And he said, that's exactly what I did so it wouldn't fall. It still leans, but it's not falling down because it's propped up on its leaning side. And he said, I got to thinking about that and how it relates to my life. He said, I've had many storms in my life. I've withstood by the grace of God, every one of them, and I'm still standing. And from time to time, I find myself leaning toward the old me, leaning toward giving up, leaning toward losing my faith. But he said, when I'm leaning towards my fear, when I'm leaning towards my discouragement or depression, and I start to go in that bend, I just think about that old barn. That old barn that should have fallen down, and I just start praying, Lord... Prop me up on my leaning side. And he said, you know, God's he just keeps doing that no matter what kind of storms I face. It means something. When I heard that story, I thought of how it means something to have the proppings of the Lord when you start to lean. Now, for those of you who are so strong and steadfast that you don't need this message, you never have to worry about being propped up on your leaning side because in your mind, you don't have a leaning side. All I have to say to you is it's one of two reasons. Number one, you haven't lived long enough. Or number two, your barn's already as flat as a flitter, as we would say in the South, and you don't even know it. But sooner or later, you're going to feel the howling forces of the storms of life as they hit you. The spiritual mother nature is going to come. And you're going to feel yourself leaning. Leaning and wondering where is God? And why are you hurting? Leaning toward anger. Leaning toward hating somebody who's done you so wrong. Leaning toward becoming bitter. Leaning toward that sin that God brought you out of, but the old, the old nature tries to come back and pull you back. Leaning toward going somewhere or doing something that you know you have no business. And it's so good to know that when you're leaning, that God doesn't give up on us. In an emotional hurricane or whatever it is that we're going through and we feel so weak and so vulnerable. But it's in those times that if you will pray God, come prop me up on my leaning side. He'll send the comfort of the Holy Spirit. And he will be called alongside to prop you up on your leaning side. And even though you may feel weak, you're not in the battle alone. Because when you're in the wilderness, the only way you get out of the wilderness, according to Solomon 8, Solomon 8 is leaning on your beloved, leaning on Jesus. And he says, give me your weakness. I, I, give me your need. Give me your habit. Give me the area that you seem to lean toward defeat in and lean on me.
I'll prop you up on your leaning side. Moses died and Israel grieved for 30 days. But when Aaron died, your Bible says, and all of Israel mourned. And the rabbis in the Jewish faith, the rabbis teach that Aaron was much more loved than Moses because Moses gave the law and he lived it. But they loved and grieved more when Aaron, the first high priest, died because he had a... I'm going to put it in my words now. He had a leaning side. He, he made a little golden calf. They could relate to him. He, he had issues. He, he had some weaknesses in his life. And, and when Moses died, they grieved. But when Aaron died, they really grieved. And the only reason that Aaron was accepted because, you know, a lot of the people were not for him. And they had to have a contest for the first high priest that whatever stick came alive Y'all know the story. I don't have time to go all the way through it. But, but, but the bottom line is Moses had to prop him up. He even said to his brother, I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy. I messed up. I built a golden calf. I can't be the high priest. But his brother propped him up on his leaning side. Moses was his brother. Many marriages are made in heaven, but some are made elsewhere. But God puts people together. That was a joke and it went right over your head. But God puts people together. He puts opposites together for a reason. So that we can prop each other up on our leaning side. He puts friends together like David and Jonathan. David had a friend named Jonathan. And he helped prop him up when Saul was trying to kill him. When he got discouraged and said, I'll surely die. It was Jonathan who would come and prop him up on his leaning side. God put in David's life an Abigail in the lowest moment of his life when he had been treated so wrongly and he was about to go do something foolish and Abigail came and, and she told him, you're a king, you're better than this. Don't do that. Don't fight God's battles. Don't go do that. You're headed for a throne. And she propped him up on his leaning side. I thought about how that, what if Jonathan hadn't died? He was killed by the Gibeonites. If David would have just had that good friend when Bathsheba and he was thinking about committing adultery with her. But if you got the right friends and you're leaning toward doing something you shouldn't do, the right friends will come along and you can't do that. You're better than that. God's got a plan for your life. What are you doing dating that person? What are you doing going out with it? God's got a great plan for your life. And you need people who prop you up on your leaning side, not lean with you. When Absalom tried to destroy him, it was Joab who came running and propped him up on his leaning side. I'm saying to you that God has a plan and he's going to use us. And when we get discouraged and we feel useless, he'll always send his word or somebody or something and, and if nobody can get to you, there is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. And his name is Jesus. And he knows how to prop you up on your leaning side. You may be listening to me from the Dream Center tonight. And you're leaning. Oh, I love you guys. I love you. We got the guys over here and the girls over here. We love you so much. And I don't know what you've been through. And every time I get up here, I'm conscious of the fact that you're there. 
I don't know what kind of hell you've been through. I don't know what the enemy's done. I don't know what kind of abuse and kind of, kind of situations you come out of. And the enemy will tell you when you're weak and you're leaning that you ought to just give up. Cause you, you're, but I promise you that if you'll hold on, God's going to send somebody to prop you up on your, you're never going back to who you used to be. You're never going back to what God brought you out of. You may be weak, but just lean on him. He'll walk you right out of that wilderness into a brand new life. Somebody give God a great praise. Just a minute. Hallelujah. I want you, if you're around any of these men or women from the dream center, just to reach over and touch them on the shoulder. You have my permission to touch them on the shoulder and say, I'm going to prop you up on your leaning side. I know, I know you feel weak, but when God gets through with you, you're going to be a Royal diadem in his hand. And don't you give up and don't you quit and don't you throw in the towel. God's going to prop you up on your leaning side. Somebody in that section, give God a great shout of praise. If you know he can bring you out of the wilderness leaning, Leaning on my beloved. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And then John Mark, you know, uh, the apostle Paul got mad at him because he tried to take him on a missionary journey and, and he, he, acted, he, he acted immature and, and, and Paul rejected him and said, he's never going again. He's a nobody. He doesn't have it. Boy, not, he's not going to make it in ministry. But the Bible said Barnabas came to a guy who had a call on his life. And some of you have a, a call to ministry, five-fold ministry on your life, but you've messed up. You had a great opportunity and you failed. How, how do you think John Mark felt being with the greatest apostle of all time? And the apostle himself said, this guy is not fit for ministry. But it was a guy named Barnabas who came and propped him up on his leaning side and said, you're going to make it. We're going to keep praying. I'm going to be your prayer partner. You're going to make it. You know what? Paul and Peter go on a missionary journey, and Paul changes, and Peter changes their mind. And they say, oh, and by the way, in another scripture, send John Mark, for he's profitable unto ministry. We hear that guy's really doing amazing things now. What happened? Somebody propped him up on his leaning side. And that was important that Peter got involved in, in reintroducing John Mark, who wrote the book of Mark, because the historians say that, that uh, Mark and Peter became two of the closest friends. And if you read the book of Mark, he is the one who gives the most details of Peter's life, of everything about his life. You know why? Because he was propping him up after the crucifixion. He was there saying, I know you heard the rooster crow, but God's not through with you. I know, I know you denied him three times, but God's not through with you. You know what? We need to quit knocking each other down and shooting our wounded. And we, 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 we need to prop each other up on our leaning side. I, I need you and you need me. Come on and shout amen, somebody. He knows when you're struggling. He knows when you're leaning. 
Some of you came here tonight and, and, and the music is powerful and everything's going on. But the truth is you're leaning. If we could see you spiritually, you're, you're, you're leaning. You're, you're, you're going through something and you feel so weak and you feel so vulnerable. But the Holy Spirit is here tonight to prop you up on your leaning side. One of the great examples out of history is Winston Churchill. Winston Churchill became prime minister of England during, of course, World War II. The Nazis and Hitler had invaded Poland and France and they had taken all of that land. And of course, England was already being bombarded and, and it was a matter of time before it looked like all of England would fall to Hitler's uh, attacks. Winston Churchill had a general who was his chief of staff named Hastings Ismay. And in the darkest hours of World War II in 1940, he realized, this, this man, this general, Hastings Ismay, realized that the only man, I'm, I'm quoting him, the only one man in the world who could win the war he recognized was Churchill. He had the courage, he had the gall, and he had the eloquence, unquote. And so he began to use his influence to help get Churchill into position to become prime minister. But Winston Churchill was an amazing and magnificent leader, but he had another side. <laughs> he, was very, he was a very eccentric man. He would sleep nine to ten hours a day. This is all part of history. He was a little bit weird and a little bit strange. He could be charming or he could be the rudest, crudest person you've ever met. He also had a very short fuse. He would, he would make people mad and, or get mad at people and just, just tick off at them and tell them off. Drive people up the wall. There was a woman by the name of Lady Ashworth who was sitting at a banquet with him. This is all history. And Churchill also had an alcohol issue and he, he liked to drink a lot. And he was drinking at this banquet and Lady Ashwick was sitting beside him and she said, Mr. Churchill, I perceive that you're drunk. And he said, and I quote, I perceive you're ugly. And in the morning, I'll be sober. He had a side that really rubbed people wrong. Later at the same dinner party, he ran into the same woman again and she was fuming. And she said to him in anger and fury, if you were my husband, I would poison you. And he said in his drunken stupor, if I were your husband, I would drink it. <laughs> he could be so brilliant with a microphone. We will fight on the seas. We will fight in the air. We will fight in the streets. We will fight house to house. But we will never, never, never give up. He, he propped Britain up on its leaning side. But General Ismay knew he was the only man who could save the nation. But his good points were great. But his bad points could destroy him. So Ismay would run interference for him. As soon as he insulted somebody and made an enemy out of them, he would buy flowers. He would do something the next day. He would send incredible presents. He would do kinds, all kinds of favors. And he would say it in the name of, of Churchill that he did it. 
He started propping Churchill up on his leaning side. He became his buffer, his middle man. He took the flack. He, he, he got in the middle and became the counselor, the mediator. And Churchill said, after the war was won, I owe more to Ismay than anybody else in the entire execution of the war. I couldn't have done it without him. He honored a man who propped him up on his leaning side. I'm saying to you that he'll prop us up on our leaning side. He knows how to do it. Listen to this preacher. He's a good God. He loves his people. He loves you. He knows what you're facing. He knows what you're feeling. He knows what you're fearing. And he'll prop you up on your leaning side. He wants you to make it. In Exodus chapter 7, 17. In Exodus chapter 17, Moses and the children of Israel are fighting the Amorites. Moses, as long as he lifts his hands with the rod, the battle in the valley, he's up on a mountain and he's got this stick, this rod. And as long as he can hold that rod up in the air, the Bible said that the army of Israel down in the valley fighting the Amorites, were, the Israel was defeating them as long as he could hold that rod up in the air. But his hands began to get weary. And when the rod would go down, then the Amalekites would turn and the battle would turn and the Israelites would begin to lose the battle. So the Bible said, and it's interesting who was in this mix, Aaron and Hur, two men, Aaron and, and a man named Hur, H-U-R. Come here, Javon. Come here, uh, Kirby. Come up here real quick. So here, here Moses is, and one of you get on one side, and one of you get on the other, and, and this is her. <laughs> and this is Aaron. <laughs> I'm going to keep going. <laughs> and when his arms began to get weak, when he started leaning, when he started to go down, the Bible said they came up under his arms and they'd push him back up and they set him on a rock and they held his arms up and as long as that rod stayed up, Israel prevailed in the battle. They were propping him up on his leaning side. And it's interesting that Moses propped Aaron up Early in the story. But you'll be amazed if you'll prop people up. How some of the people that you help prop up. They'll come back around. And when you're weary. Because I remember when Javon was lost. I remember when Javon was not living for the Lord. But he got saved at Free Chapel. And filled with the Holy Spirit. And. He felt called to ministry and the church confirmed that call. And 
We, he had some issues and he had some things he was struggling with, but the church and the leaders, we, we got up under him and we, we, we propped him up on his leaning side. And now when I come to California, I never dreamed when you were sitting up in the balcony that here we are in California and I'm trying to come every weekend, <laughs> but I get a little weary, but here comes Javon here comes Aaron and her, here comes Ben, and here comes all the team. And, and you know what? God never meant it to be a one-man show. We got to prop each other up on our leaning side. And I love you and I appreciate you so much. Come on and give God a praise for the props. Anybody got some props in your life? Sometimes when I get discouraged and I start, when I get discouraged, I talk negative and that's not good. But I'll talk negative, and I'll, and I'll only do it with Cherise. I won't tell people, uh, you know, other people. Just my closest people, will I, will they, they will hear how I really feel. And when I'm up before you, we're going to conquer the mountains. But when I'm by myself, I'm, oh, Jesus, what are we doing? And I, I, we went through a storm many, many, many years ago at the church in Gainesville. And it was just, it was just hellish. It was something else. <laughs> and she came in and I was all mealy mouthing and defeated. I don't know what, I'm, I'm about done. I, I, I can go evangelize. I don't have to do this. I don't want, my God, let's go to California and start a church. I, I'm, I'm fed up. This is crazy. This is, this is not right. She came particularly on one battle that we were going through. And she propped me up on my leaning side. I felt like I could whip a pack of lines when she got through with me. I was, I was like, where is the devil? I would love to see him when she, because there's something about a, a wife that can prop her husband up when the, when the business isn't going right, when the contracts aren't coming in, when you lose this deal and that deal. But here comes that woman of God and she's been in the prayer closet and she props you up on your leaning side and just one word from her and I'm back. Ladies, push on that old barn you're sitting by. Push on him and say, I'm going to prop you up. Because God knows you've got a leaning side. I'm almost done. Hallelujah. Y'all like this little sermon? I like this sermon. I'm enjoying myself. Let me finish. I have nine minutes according to that clock, and I intend to use them. Hallelujah. Jesus will prop you up on your leaning side. Jude 1 and verse 24. Jude 1 and verse 24. Now unto him who is able to keep you from falling. Let's see if I quit preaching right there. If you really had what you ought to have, that ought to make something turn somersaults inside of you. Now unto him who is able to keep you from falling. If you feel like you're failing and about to fall, he's able to keep you from falling to present you faultless with exceeding joy. The only wise God, our Savior, be glory 
might, power, majesty, and dominion forever. I'm closing, but listen. In a world that's dark and crazy and scary and winds are howling from house to house, from marriage to marriage, from family to family, from relationship to relationship, how will we make it through the wilderness? How will we get through the world that we're living in and hold our families together and hold our marriages together? Listen to it again. Who is this coming out of the wilderness? Song of Solomon 8. Who is this coming out of the wilderness leaning on her beloved? And let me tell you something about leaning in closing. When you lean on somebody, it doesn't mean that you don't put forth an effort. See, Joel, come here, Joel. Uh, if I wanted to, I could jump in Joel's arms and say, take me on a lap or two or three around this building. And I could just lay in his arms and he could do it. He could do it. But that's not leaning. That's carrying. Jesus is not going to carry you. Leaning means... And this is good news. I'm going to use all my strength. And I'm going to do what I can do. But I got a big brother. <laughs> and when I'm weak, he can prop me up on my leaning side. And he's going to use his strength. And I'm going to use what I've got. And if I'll do what I can, he'll do what I can't. And what I'm trying to get you to understand is so many times, you know, we want God to do everything. We just want a miracle. And God is saying to lean on me when you're in the wilderness, is, it means you don't quit. It doesn't mean you jump in my arms and say, carry me and get me out of here. That's when you have to stand up and you may be leaning. Do it when it hurts. You got to put in the effort. You got to keep trying. You can't quit when you get in the wilderness. You can't quit because you lost your job. You can't quit because you can't lose heart and lose faith because you're going through a tough time in your family. But that's when God says, if you will give the effort, I promise you can lean on me. And if you'll lean on me, they're going to see you coming out of the wilderness, leaning on your beloved. I'm going to jump. Not in his arms, but I'm using his strength and my strength. And I like what that text said in Song of Solomon. It said, who is this coming up, out? Everybody say up and out. Say it again. Up, up, up and out, out, out. If I keep leaning on him, I can't stay down. We are not a... We don't believe in pacifying a defeated spirit. God has one direction for your life. Up, 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 and out, out, out. You're coming up and you're coming out of that wilderness. Give God a great praise. You don't have to throw in the towel. You don't have to give up. You don't have to quit. God loves you and He's able to keep you from falling. He is a friend that will prop you up on your leaning side.
I want you to stand to your feet all over this room. And I want you to take just a moment, if you feel comfortable doing it, everybody in this room. How many of you are going through a little, a little, a little wilderness situation and you need to be propped up on your leaning side? You're kind of leaning toward the wrong spirit or the wrong situation or the wrong... Or maybe you're leaning toward being discouraged, being depressed. God says to you two words, up and out, leaning on your beloved, leaning on Jesus, leaning on his strength, leaning on his grace. He can get you out of the wilderness of addiction. He can get you out of the wilderness of whatever the situation financially is or any other circumstance. Maybe, maybe you're going through health issues and you're afraid. He never leaves us. He never forsakes us. Lean on Him. Lean on Him. I can tell you, I've been doing this a long time. And our God is faithful. He won't put more on you than you're able to bear. And he's going to see you up and out of that wilderness. Let's lift our hands high all over this room. Hands high all over this room. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you are blessed.